Hello everyone and welcome to part two of our special two-part power rankings episodes ranking all the 18 teams in the EuroLeague. My name is Andre, I'm your host, we are a Sports Eaters production and I have the pleasure to have with me my two co-hosts and our two EuroLeague experts Diovalent and Tiago Cordeiro. On today's episode, we will go over our top nine teams for each one of us individually. And before we get to that, let me just remind you our combined bottom nine. In 18, we have Asval, 17, Alba, 16, Red Star, 15, Jalgiris, 14, Valencia, 13, Bayern, 12, Basconia, 11, Efes, and 10, Milanum. Listen to part one to find out where each one of us ranks each of these teams and the reasons why we have them ranked in uh, the order that we do. On today's episode, we will go over the, the top nine and we will reverse the order that we went on yesterday's episode. We will have Diogo going first, then Cordeiro. I go back to back, we go back to Cordeiro, then we have Diogo going back to back and so on and so forth until we reach the top of our power rankings. So Diogo, go ahead and tell us who do you have ranked in ninth in your individual power rankings? At number nine, I have Olympiakos. And obviously this is the team that made the final last year, uh, but they did lose MVP Sasha Vazenkov. So it's been very hard for them to replace that type of production that he brought. Um, obviously losing him and didn't really replace him uh, with a top-tier talent um, like him. So it has been very hard for Olympiacos to, to continue what they have done in the past season. Obviously, we know that defensively, they are still a, an amazing team defensively. They they can lock down anybody. And they have those seven-footers out there protecting the paint and Mustafa Fall and uh, Milutinov. Then they have very good guards like Thomas Walkup and Isaiah Kanan. They have uh, experience in Papa Nicolau, um, Shaq McKissick. They have a very good team still. They just don't have that top-tier talent of a player that can go get a bucket anytime and that can lead them, like be a, a high-scoring machine. Like One of their best scores has been Alec Peters, and we've never looked at him as a scorer. And he's having an amazing season, of course, but this is not the type of production that we expect from him on a game-to-game -game basis. And he has been amazing, of course, but if Alec Peters is your best player, I, I just don't, I just can't look at you as a, as a championship contender. And that's why I have them at number nine. I think what they can do defensively gives them a chance to still be uh, competing for those top spots, but it's going to be very hard for them to really contend for a title when you really don't have that top guy that you just give the ball to and tell them to go get a bucket. And they don't have that. So it's going to be hard for Olympiacos to compete against those top teams that have a bunch of those guys. And that's why I have them at number nine. I still think they are a very competitive team. I still think they can beat some of the higher rated teams, but I just don't think they are a championship contender this season. And that's why I have them at number nine. So in the ninth spot, I have Maccabi Tel Aviv, one of the most talented teams and one of the best offenses in the game. Uh, this team ranks uh, in first place in offensive rebounds. So... We can we can see why they're one of the most talented team because if they miss they it's, they they can uh, rebound so they had a lot of possessions which is good uh, at this level and they have a lot of talent to to score uh, so that's why they rank uh, so good on the offensive side uh, comparing this season to compa comparing this season to with uh, last season remember like. In any preview last season, when when we started the podcast, we would say like if Wade Baldwin and Lorenzo Brown plays, 
uh, Maccabi is near for the victory because it's almost uh, unstoppable to these two guys. And at the moment, uh, they need that Lorenzo Brown because Wade Baldwin uh, is playing uh, such a good basketball, but he needs uh, some company and he needs uh, Lorenzo Brown for last year because in the beginning of the season, he was averaging 20 points in the first two games, three and right now he's scoring six, eight points, which is low for the standards that we used to. Um, and we know that this Maccabi team needs a playmaker uh, in the end of in late game situations because Wade Baldwin needs to be off ball in, in those situations for for him to create uh, when he's when it's needed. Uh, and that's why they rank in ninth place. I could put him higher, but uh, I I need to see Lorenzo Brown performing uh, better. So that's why they rank. Um, in ninth spot and on the defensive side this team suffers almost 89 points which is a lot i know they're not playing uh, they're playing uh, they're not playing at home in israel so it's kind of tough for them because they were they last year they were one of the best uh home teams so it's i i know that it's tough to play uh, on on those conditions so that's why i rank them in nine and if they can perform better on, on the defensive side, uh, I could rank them uh, even higher. Very well, guys. Let's then get to my ninth and eighth ranked team in the standings. And I have two Italian teams. Yesterday, I explained my reasons to, to have Bascon in 11th place, although their position in the standings and their record gives them a good chance to be in the play-ins or to be at the very least in a fight uh, to the play-ins. I rank Maccabi in 10th place, despite their talent being uh, better than that. They really are struggling to find themselves defensively, and that can be detrimental for them in a post-season scenario, in a play-in and a play-off, in a fighting to be in the Final Four scenario. In ninth place, I have Milano. Milano is a team that has been highly disappointing so far this season. Despite having a positive plus-minus of plus 17, they have a record of 11 wins and 15 losses. The reason for me to rank them in ninth place, it's pretty simple, actually. I, I am a very big fan of the starting five that they were able to put together. They are, at the moment, two wins below the, the playing positions. And they still have another team in front of them in 11th place. And they are on these uh, several team ties to, to the 12th place. So Milano's life isn't easier. They will need to show that they can do uh, the most of their roster and of the good roster that they have. They really have been inconsistent. They haven't shown that ability. But I'm a fan of the roster they put together. I'm hopeful that they use this break to just find what works for them and to be able to implement it once they come out of the break and play as a team that uh, can be in the postseason of the EuroLeague and can try to compete to be in the playoffs and can try to be in the Final Four. The reason for me to have them ranked ninth place and not have them ranked slightly higher that maybe would be their position in terms of talent, of in terms of pure talent, is their current standings and their performance so far this season that puts them in a position that uh, puts the, the playings and the playoffs in jeopardy with uh, eight rounds left in the EuroLeague. They have some ground to make and that is the reason why they are in ninth place in my poor rankings. In eighth place, and I struggled with this one because this has been one of my favorite times 
teams so far this season in the EuroLeague. It's Virtus. Virtus currently ranks in fifth place. They are in the playoff positions. They have a record of 16 wins and 10 losses. They have a plus-minus of minus 18. This is a team that has been uh, overperforming in terms of results to what would be expected to them and statistically wise. They have been very good at home. They have a record of 11 wins and 2 losses at home and they have a record of 5 wins and five and 8 losses on the road. They are a good team. They are a consistent team. They are a team that moves extremely well without the ball. They are a team that shares the ball at a very high level. They have experienced players that uh, Coach Banky has just been able to get the most out of them. And that's why they are in this position. And that's why they have been one of the sensations of this uh, EuroLeague season. The reason for me to have them ahead of Milano is that uh, I believe that just the pure position that they are now on the standings will give them a better shot to to be on the, the postseason than Milano has. And this is a team that in any given night can surprise anyone. They are currently one win ahead of Olympiacos and one win ahead of Fenerbahce. It's extremely close for me between them and Olympiacos. I do expect to see Fenerbahce being able to leapfrog them. And the teams that are ahead of them of the understandings, I do expect to see them doing better than Virtus the rest of the way. Virtus maybe lacks the, the top talent that some of these other teams uh, have. It was very close for me between uh, between Virtus, between Partizan, between Olympiacos. I could totally reverse the order uh, of I have these teams. It came down simply to what at the moment I trust to be sustainable the rest of the regular season. Where do I expect to see these teams ending the regular season and how that positions them to, to be able to, to fight to, to be on the final four. For me, for Virtus, it would be extremely important for them to went on the top four to be able to aspire to be in the final four. Have that home court advantage in the playoffs will be extremely important. I do expect to see them finishing in the six, seven or eight positions. And uh, with that, uh, I think it will be hard for them to be able to to overcome some teams, either if our teams like Partizan and Milano that they can be facing on the play-ins that theoretically might have a talent advantage, although with Virtus maybe having home court advantage on this, this situation, they certainly shouldn't be disregarded and they have a very good, they are in a very good situation to, to make it to the, the playoffs and that's why I'm ranking them in 8th place on my poor rankings. But once in the playoffs without having home court advantage, very likely, and that's how I'm projecting them to be, I think it's hard for them. And then I give a slightly better shot at these other teams to, to be able to, in a playoff situation, to make it all the way into the Final Four. And that's why I'm ranking Virtus in 8th place. And they were one of the impressive climbers in my poor ranking since the, since the preseason. Uh, they climbed 6 positions in the, my personal poor rankings, ranking now in 8th place. And uh, they are nothing short of surprising. With this side, uh, Cordeiro, it's your turn and it's back to you. Who do you have ranking in 8th place? So in the 8th spot, uh, I have one team that plays a proper basketball, the basketball that I that I know and I like to see. Uh, and I didn't expect them to be in this position so far. I, I would expect them even... I didn't expect them to be like a playing team. And I'm talking about Virtus, but at the moment they're running out of gas. And what I'm saying, what I'm saying with this, it's like it's an older team, and although it's a more experienced team, uh, in the middle of the season they need fresh legs because they play domestic league, cups, and Euro league, 
and it's an older team like guys with uh, like Mario Bellinelli, Eckett, uh, even Dudson. It's a 37 year old, I think. So they're running out of gas, and we can say and we can see this whenever they play against top teams like Barcelona. They only scored 57 points and they suffer 84. And in the beginning of the season, this was a good defensive team. Uh, but at the moment, they're suffering uh, 84 points in those in uh, six-game stretch, I think. Uh, they suffered 84 points. I already said this uh, in the preview. Uh, so that's why I'm ranking them in the, in the eighth place. I could switch them between uh, between them and Monaco, but um, I'm I, I prefer the way they play, uh, so that's why they rank in the eighth spot. At my number eight, I have Partizan, and this is a team that I was very very high on uh, coming into the season. I thought they were a, a final four contender. Uh, I really thought what happened last year in the playoffs against Real Madrid was gonna give these guys fire to, to come into the season motivated and looking for revenge, but. They have been pretty disappointing in my eyes, at least. I think as far as the roster that they got, they have so much talent and they have depth. They have obviously one of the best coaches in EuroLeague history. So they have all the pieces to make it work. But the fact is they've been struggling a lot this season. And for them to be in 11th place at 12 and 14, it just hasn't been good for me. Um, I probably should have them lower uh, on my power rankings, but uh, I just can't sleep on the talent that they have. Uh, I do believe in, at some point they're going to be able to turn it around. Uh, I can't count out Coach Obradovic and I can't count out the talent that they have in guys like Kevin Punner, PJ Dozier, um, Zach Lodey, Bruno Caboclo, Smilogic, like they, Kaminsky. They have so much talent. They, they have a great team. So I expect them to turn this season around and to start performing like the contenders that I thought they would be. Um, I do believe they're going to be in the playoffs, even though they've been disappointing so far. So this is one of those cases where I probably should have them lower, but the talent that they have is just so hard for me to put them lower than this. So I expect them to turn things around and I expect to see Partizan in the playoffs fighting for a spot in the Final Four. At number seven, I'm going to go with Maccabi. Now, this is a team that I had high expectations for this season. Uh, but even though they've been underperforming in, in my eyes, they are still a very good team and they are still a team that can take down any opponent. Uh, obviously, that backcourt of Lorenzo and Wade Baldwin, they are still probably the best backcourt in the competition. They still play at a very high level and they give their, their team a chance to win any given game. Uh, I think Bonzi Colson this season has been a lot better as far as being a reliable third scoring guy uh, after Wade and Lorenzo. Um, but it's the rest of the team that I'm disappointed in. Um, guys like Antonius Cleveland, I thought he would be a lot better. Um, Sorkin, after the season he had last year, I expected him to be a, a much bigger contributor this season, and it hasn't happened. Um, so I expect those guys to, to step up and to play a better role for the, next, for the remainder of the season. Uh, I expect to see Maccabi in the playoffs, fighting for a spot in the Final Four. Uh, I don't have them as a, a top-four favorite, but I do think they can compete with anybody. So I have Maccabi at number seven. I feel like this is a fair spot for them. Um, I think Lorenzo needs to play better as well because even though he has played good, I think he can be a lot better. And I think Wade is the best player on that team. But I feel like Lorenzo, if he steps up and plays to the level that we've seen him play before, he can, be, he can really be that pair for Wade where they can just take over any game. 
Um, so I, I have Maccabi at seven. I think that they could go up, but I also think that teams like Partizan or Olympiacos can step over them. So I feel like this is a fair rate, uh, but Maccabi needs to keep performing and they can even step it up a little bit to try to contend for a better spot. But I think seven is pretty fair for them right now. It's tough for me to, to say this team, but in the seventh position, I have Partizan. I would expect them to be way higher than that they are. And I could, it's, they belong in the same tier that uh, Maccabi and Virtus at the moment. Their ceiling is amazing, don't get me wrong, but they're underperforming. And they're underperforming because of the defensive issues that they have. Because last year we were used to see Dante Exxon and um, Lasort uh, hiding some fragilities that um, a partisan could have. But at the moment they don't have any big that can switch, like Lasort did, or do a, a high show. So that's why, uh, or hard show, so that's why they, they're lacking on the defensive side. They're lacking some quality on, on that part of the game. Uh, and on the, def on the offensive side of the ball, uh, they, they're doing well so far. Uh, the only thing that concerns me, and I already said this, uh, they're underperforming whenever they play ro road games. On Stark Arena, they play really good and we see a partisan team that can be a contender uh, but on the road games they're underperforming and they need to find a consistency I already told what I, th I already said uh, what I think it is because they have PJ Dozier uh, Kaminsky so they're, they're guys that they were not used to play EuroLeague and uh, they're finding that consistency so far and they have a great coach to guide them uh, but right now uh, I couldn't uh, rank them higher than this well guys i think we are in agreement here and sounds like we all would like to rank them higher because talent wise i really believe in them i think this is a team that will be fighting to be in the final four but the, the season hasn't been good so far and that's why i also rank partisan in seventh place they are part of this tier that goes from 10th to 6th that maybe pasconi could sneak in into this tier but i just don't think that uh, Basconi has the same chances that uh, Maccabi, that Milan, that Virtus, that Partizan, and that the team that are in sixth place has to try to fight to be in the final four. And that's why I have them in the tier below. Partizan is my seventh uh, ranked team. They dropped two positions in the in the way that I ranked them from the, the preseason. Partizan uh, currently is 11th. They have a record of 12 wins and 14 losses. They are one win below the playing spots. They have a plus-minus of minus 21. They, at home, have a record of 9 wins, 3 losses. On the road, 3 wins and 11 losses. And they have been struggling. They have been struggling to find themselves. They have been struggling to be able to impose their basketball. And that's something that I expect to see them uh, improving. I expect them to, to see them coming from this break. I expect Coach Abradovich to once again be able to figure it out for them. I expect them to go on around, to be able to qualify, to be on the planes to fight in the planes, to, to be able to get into the playoffs and to be a nightmare matchup to anyone that they will play against during the, the playoffs. We know how good Coach Abarovic is. He has a good team at his disposal. They have good players. They they are a team that can be competitive. They are a team that has legitimate pressures to be in the Final Four. They just haven't been performed as such. And that's why I rank them in seventh place. In sixth place, I have 
uh, a team that uh, we all are big fans of. And uh, despite me having started with them in eighth place on my pre season rankings, they did climb uh, to positions. They, they climbed to positions for different reasons. Uh, one of them is a team like Partizan and another team like Milano dropping behind them uh, in the signings. And I guess that's the biggest reason why that uh, Olympiacos now is sixth and uh, when they started the season in uh, eighth place. I do think that their consistency and uh, they, they are a team to have a plus minus of uh, plus 76. They are a team that uh, they slow down the game on purpose, but they are a team that uh, is efficient in the way that they play offense. They are a very good defensive team. They have a, a very powerful home court. So they have a record of nine wins and four losses at home. They have been consistent on the road. They have a record of six wins and seven losses on the road. I give them a shot to end the regular season as one of the top six teams and to qualify directly to the playoffs. They certainly would love to have home court advantage in a playoff series with teams like Monaco, Paratinaikos uh, ahead of them, one win ahead of them. I think that might be hard to do that, but they are in the mix, they are in the fight. They are in a very intriguing fight between them, Virtus and Fenerbahce for uh, this uh, potentially the bottom two positions that give direct access to the playoffs they are very important ones and i kind of just hinted who my top four will be but uh, that's why i have olympiacos on the top of this tier and uh, then i have uh, um, two more tiers one with four teams and then one team by themselves and uh, i just see as olympiacos from this group of teams having the best shot at uh, qualifying directly to the playoffs and that certainly is a big advantage for any team that wants to be on the decision stage of the competition Cordero, it's uh, back at you and let us know who you have ranked in sixth place then you will give us his sixth and fifth places you go back and uh, you give us our fifth as we start approaching the end of this part two of our power rankings and as we start reaching the top of uh, our power rankings. Okay, in this sixth position, I have Fenerbahce and uh, pretty pretty short. Uh, if you say if you see uh, any Fenerbahce games and whenever they play against physical teams and they have that have physical bigs, what stands out the most? Okay, the thing that stands out the most, uh, it's they're always attacking Jonathan Motley because it's, uh, it's a guy that doesn't have the weight and it's not physical. So a team like with uh, Mustafa Fall, uh, even Milutinov, they want to explore that matchup or even Walter Tavares, so they want to explore that matchup. Uh, and uh, we, we know that in EuroLeague, uh, these matchups between the centers are key to decide uh, any given game and playoff time it's really important and the other part uh, that, that this team doesn't have any defensive defensive issue uh, besides this one and uh, on the offensive part even though they have a lot of talented players uh, they, have, they can explore a lot of mismatches with Nigel Hayes and Deschamps Pierre but they will always have Nick is on the court and even though that he's one of my favorite players and I already said this but he's not an offensive threat uh, behind the three-point line and at the, at the moment uh, in EuroLeague uh, it's really tough uh, for you to have a guy that doesn't uh, want to shoot uh, behind the three-point line so that's why I rank them 
uh, in the sixth place because now I'm comparing matchups between the the first team and the sixth team. At number six, it's probably my biggest surprise here in this power rankings because this team is currently ranked at 12 in the standings. They are 11 and 15. But Mirotic is back healthy now. They've added Shabazz Napier. Siobhan Shields is back healthy. So I feel like when you have a big three like this, uh, surrounded by guys like Nico Melli and uh, Devon Hall, I think that they have so much talent. Voigtman, of course. They have a lot of talent. They are experienced. I just feel like they're going to turn it around right now. Obviously, they've struggled a lot due to the injuries and due to not having a guard that would step up and perform. But they do have that now. They are healthy. So I expect this team to make a, an amazing run here in the second half of the season. I expect to see them in the playoffs. And trust me, any team that gets a top four seed and gets a home court advantage, if Milano is one of those other four teams that's on the road, I would be pretty scared to play against Milano in the playoffs because this is not a, a bottom eight. Uh, I'm not going to say bottom eight, but this is not a an underdog and by no means necessary. Like This is a very talented team with a lot of experience with a, a very experienced coach as well. So I feel like Milan is going to start turning things around now. I expect them to, to start winning a lot of games. And to rely on these three guys, Siobhan Shields, Miritich, and Shabazz Napier, I think you're going to be just fine. So uh, they have the experience and they have the, the talent to turn things around. And I'm confident that they're going to be able to do that. Uh, so this can come as a surprise for a lot of people to have them this high based on what has happened so far this season. But I feel like I'm pretty confident in what they are able to do with these three guys. So I expect them to turn things around and to be pretty dominant for the rest of the year. At number five, I'm going to go with Barcelona. And just to let you guys know, this right here is where I start my contenders. Uh, Milano can be considered a contender, but I need to see it first. And even though I'm confident that they will do it, I still need to see it. So right now it is my five title contenders. And I'm starting off number five with Barcelona. I think they are a very talented team, uh, an experienced team, and I think they are consistent on both sides of the floor. Now, my thing with Barcelona is how in some games they can just slow down and allow other teams to, to play a lot better than them. Like, obviously, they lost Miritic from last season, but they still have a lot of guys who are able to play at a high level. They added Jabari Parker, who is a, a great scorer and is very important for this team. A guy like Brizuela has been very good and has surprised me as far as the role he can have on this Barcelona team, scoring off the bench. But then it's guys like La Provitla and Saransky. And now with the addition of Ricky Rubio, I feel like this team is very dangerous to attack this second half of the season. I think they have the experience, they have the depth, they have the bodies. So I'm, I'm high on Barcelona and I, I believe they're going to keep playing well. And I think that offense is going to be a lot better now. And considering they have shooters, when you have two playmakers like Saransky and Ricky Rubio, I think it's going to be very, very important for these guys. The, the spacing, the way that they play offense always looking to, to get shooters open shots. I think it's going to be heaven on earth for Ricky Rubio and Sadoransky. So I'm very high on what this Barcelona team can do. And I expect them to see in the playoffs fighting for a, a final four spot. And I believe they will be able to get there. But for now, I have them as number five. So in the fifth position, and I'll try to not be biased, because if you listen to the podcast, you would know that this is my favorite team. Uh, I'm putting in the fifth position, uh, Olympiacos. Uh, because of the defensive upside that they have, they, they rank first uh, on the defensive side. And on the offensive side of the ball, uh, they have a lot of upside because uh, Coach Bartzokas, last year he was used to have to run the offense through 
uh, Sasha Vizenkov off-ball movement. And uh, right now, uh, he's trying to do the same with Alec Peters, but they're not the same type of player, even though Alec Peters is playing uh, such a good basketball. But uh, this team, and if you can, if you can say like one through, through 12 spots, uh, they had more quality, even though that they lost uh, the MVP of this of the of the previous season. So the only thing that they need is a system, and it's kind of late uh, at the moment to for them to to build a system. But I believe uh, they have smart players that can that can prove me wrong. Um, in the last games, I'm seeing a lot of Brad Zekis. And uh, I was pushing, to, uh, I was pushing to that because I believe with but uh, with uh, Bratzakis on the court, uh, this Olympiacos team is way better than with him off the court. Uh, so I would expect them to to improve on the offensive side of the ball, and I'm expecting Milutinov to return because if Milutinov is back, uh, they are a contender. It's contenders' time for all of us, it seems, and uh, for me. I will have ranked in fifth place Fenerbahce. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Olympiacos is a very, very good team. They can certainly contend to be in a Final Four. I think it's hard for them to be able to win this edition of the EuroLeague. But they are a very good team. We cannot put it besides them. They will fight with everything that they have for that. But uh, we have been saying this since the, the preseason. And I think that uh, still is what they are lacking it's a, a go-to guy in crunch time. And at times they will be able to do it, doing it consistently through a playoff series, doing it in every single game over the Final Four. It, it's extremely hard to be able to achieve that. Partizan and Milano are two teams that, um, besides having uh, a shot to be in the Final Four, they also can have a shot to compete. But at the same time, they are in a more fragile position so the odds of them to be able to to get there are slightly slimmer virtus has been one of the most impressive teams and again another team can fight to be in the final four same as maccabi they have the talent to fight to be in the final four and there they can surprise teams doing it all the way to to the title it's it's very hard to do it fenerbahce is the first team i think that they have a shot to do it and there is a very interesting fight here for home court advantage that i think will be extremely important on the, particularly on the matchup that I expect to see between 4th and 5th but can also be a matchup between 3rd and 6th between uh, this, uh, between two of these teams that I have ranked from 5 to 2nd to in my poor rankings Fenerbahce climbed a position on the poor rankings that's mostly because of the teams that uh, have dropped they have been performing at a good level they weren't always consistent they currently have a record of 15 wins 11 losses they have a coaching change that helped them at home they have a record of 11 wins and one loss on the road they have a record of four wins and 10 losses and i think i i butchered their records of it's 15 wins and 11 losses that's why they're ranked in seventh place they have a plus minus of plus 34 they are a good team. They are a team with options. They are a team with depth. They maybe are missing that uh, elite point guard, but they have solutions within their roster that allows them to be competitive, and I do give them a fighting chance. Of course, I'm ranking them at the bottom of this year, so I do have higher hopes for the other teams, but uh, they are a very good team, and they are a team that uh, has aspirations on this uh, edition of the, the EuroLeague. Fourth place, I have Barcelona. I was surprised with uh, how fast they were able to, to play at the level that uh, they are playing. 
we certainly cannot discount them. They have been showing that they are a step below Real Madrid and probably all the other teams are as well. They have a case to be as high as second on the sport rankings. I do believe that the ceiling of the other two teams that I have ranked ahead of them is higher. That's why I have Barcelona in fourth place. But uh, I do think Barcelona has been showing to be one of the top teams of the yearly. Their record of 18 wins and 8 losses, for me, places them in a good position to be able to secure court advantage. And they are one of the best uh, teams playing at home. They have a record of 13 wins and 1 loss. And that, for me, that they be in this position, that they have this advantage to add the other teams that are on this group, for me, it's what... Uh, gives them a very good shot to have legit aspirations to be on the final four and also for them to to be able to try to secure this second place and try to avoid one of the the other teams that are part of the this group of teams that are ranked from five to second in my poor rankings i expect to see big teams from barcelona but at the same time i do see the other teams having a higher ceiling than uh, barcelona does but we certainly cannot discount them and they have been playing a very good brand of basketball. And it comes to their ability to play as a team. And something that we saw lacking from them, and we mentioned so many times last season, that's their ability to punch back when they are struggling in games. They seem to have that. They seem to play uh, to each other. They lost a player that was an MVP contender in Mirotic, but uh, they brought in players like uh, Jabari Parker, like Willie Hernan Gomez, that... Uh, have been showing the willingness to come off the bench and to do what's the best for the team and that has been a difference maker in a roster that uh, that is a deep roster with many many options and a high level roster Cordar, who do you have in fourth place yeah i gotta agree with you andre uh, and i'm putting barcelona in the fourth position um, and it's amazing to see this team play because they know how to play and they play the proper way because all the guys know their roles. Uh, we know that uh, Sazarensky will try to play make. Uh, we know that La Provitre, uh will always try, will always uh, be the scorer and the go-to guy whenever they need a, a bucket. We know that this team like to play in pick and roll situation and they have one of the best guys in Euroleague to, to do it, in Jan Vesely. And it's, it's great for them to add Ricky Rubio, and we're recording this uh, before uh, we know that if you'll ever play uh, in uh, a real Euroleague game. So uh, I'm expecting if he plays uh, for them to, to improve a lot. Uh, already explained in a tweet, but Barcelona ranks in the fourth, pos in the fourth position in assists. Uh, so I, I would expect them to be higher. Uh, I'm looking forward to see if they can play the three guard lineup with Nikola Provitla, Ricky at the at the one and uh, Satoransky at the three. He already played it in NBA and it was one of one of the best, if if not the best year. Uh, he scored eleven points in in the Chicago Bulls, so uh, I'm expecting them to to improve uh, if Ricky Rubio plays. Uh, but right now I'm ranking them in the fourth position. At my number four spot, I have Fenerbahce. Now, Fenerbahce has been a lot better this season than what I expected. Uh, obviously, I still had them as a great team and a great roster, uh, but they've been playing a lot better than I expected. And uh, 
Um, I did not see Nick Calares having the impact that he's had on this season because there were talks about him getting getting cut from Fenerbahce and stepping away. But he stayed and he's been having a very important role in this team, facilitating for everybody and just making an impact whenever he steps on the floor. Um, having Scotty Wilbekin healthy this season has been huge for this team as well. Uh, having Tyler Dorsey and then what they have on the wings uh, as far as the size and the talent. Obviously, I'm talking about Goodrich, Nigel Hayes-Davis, Deshaun Pierre. They also have a, a very good depth on the front court with um, Sertak Sanli, with Papa Giannis, with Jonathan Motley. So these guys are crowded. They, they have a great roster and they've been playing very good basketball. Uh, for me, what differentiates it from Fenerbahce to Barcelona is the wings and what Fenerbahce has on the wings as far as the size and the, the two-way uh, play from, from Nigel Hayes-Davis and Deshaun Pierre. I think that could cause a lot of damage for the wings of, that Barcelona has, like Abrines. Uh, obviously, they have Jabari Parker, who is big and who is very good offensively, but is not a great defender. And the other guys, I think, just like the size to mess with uh, Nigel Hayes-Davis and Deshaun Pierre. So I'm higher on Fenerbahce because of that reason. I think they have better depth and they've been playing very good basketball. So I'm going to go with Fenerbahce at number four and I expect them to be also great contenders to be in the final four. At number three, I have Panathinaikos. Now, this is a team that obviously everybody was very high on to start the season. Um, we needed some time for them to to adapt to playing together. And, and obviously, it was, what, 10 new players on the team. So it was going to take time. It was always going to take time. And it did. They, they started the season pretty slow. But then uh, adding Kendrick Nunn and the way they've been bonding and starting to play together has been amazing to watch. They they are now pretty high on the standings. They've, they've stepped up to number three, which is where I have them in my power rankings. So I think Panathinaikos is definitely a contender this year, which is what they brought Coach Adaman in for, which is why they brought all of that talent, so many new players. But I feel like Kendrick Nunn has obviously been the X factor here because they still needed that guy to be the main scorer. And I thought uh, being as reliant as they were on Slukas to start the year, I think it was too much on, on Slukas to handle. So to bring in a guy like Kendrick Nunn, who has been one of the best scorers in Europe, has been such a difference maker for them. Uh, having Mitoglu coming back from the injury and playing at the level that he's played has been amazing. Uh, Juancho now coming off the bench and being more of a 3 and D guy, I think it's a better role for what for him and for what he can produce. Uh, and I think Matthias Lasort and Jerome Grant, like those guys have been so good. And I expect Panathinaikos to, to keep climbing and to keep playing uh, as well as they've been playing lately. They are definitely a playoff team. They are definitely a contender. I expect to see them in the final four. And I do think this team is a serious title contender. So I have Panathinaikos at number three, but I, I still think they can be even better. So I expect big things from this team. Okay, I gotta disagree with you, Diogo, because uh, Panathinaikos already shown that they can beat uh, Monaco, and that's why I'm putting Monaco in the third spot. Uh, Panathinaikos beat them by 25 in Oaka, uh, even though that Monaco wasn't playing with Okobo, but uh, I'm ranking um, Monaco at the third. Because uh, comparing, for example, against Barcelona, I don't see Barcelona being able to put a guy. Uh, defending or, or even containing Mike James. But I could see, uh, for example, uh, Panathinaikos doing that. But now I'm just talking about Monaco. And the thing with Monaco is they have the MVP. So they they have always, or they some they have always, I, I can't say always, they always have the, the best player on the floor. And that's why they have the, the chance to, to win any given game. 
but the thing that concerns me the most is the center position because I've already uh, said this in many episodes is the physical part on the interior uh, on the interior game because even though they have Don uh, Donato Yunus uh, he's not a guy that can that can defend uh, our show or he's always on drop situations so they they they're always in the disadvantage on any pick and roll game and if they put uh, Donta Hall doing the show uh, it's a it's a center that doesn't want to, to play physical and it, it's not the same because he's a athletic dude but just jumping not being physical uh, against uh, like for example Josh Nibble uh, that, that type of player so that's why I rank them uh, in the third spot even though they like to, to, to go small and to play small ball but at any given point they need uh, that type of center yes we have a disagreement here and I'm siding with Cordair with on this one I do have Monaco in third place they dropped one position in my preseason uh, power rankings but this still means that they are one of my favorites to be fighting to be in the final of this edition of the EuroLeague comes up to their top talent Mike James many times if not every time will be the best player on the court I do believe that uh, the team that I have ranked in second and I can jump to them already and speak about both of them at the same time in Paratinaikos have a better overall roster than Monaco does although it will be close and I believe it was Diogo in our All-Star uh, episode and let me plug that in here go and listen to our All-Star selections that was a very fun episode and I'm sure you guys will enjoy it and also vote for our teams let us know which of our teams would win our fictional European Hoops, EuroLeague All-Star, but uh, I believe it was Yoga that said on the, that episode that um, Nan is, would be in contention to be the best player in the EuroLeague uh, if uh, he had to do as much as Mike James has to do f uh, for Monaco. For me, that indicates two things. One, that the uh, Paratinaco team is more complete and deeper, and the second team is there is a chance that in a game between Monaco and Paratinaikos, Paratinaikos has a player that can be in contention to be the best player on the floor. Although I do believe that my game still will be the best player on the floor. I think it's close enough for me to side with the team that's um, for me is more complete, has been playing as one of the best teams and for me is Probably at the moment the team that has the best shot to put up a fight against a team that I believe we all rank in first place. Unless you, one of you guys are about to surprise me dearly. I do rank Monaco in third place in my poor rankings. I have a record of 16 wins, 10 losses, plus minus of plus 63. I have Paris Nikos in the second place on my poor rankings. Also, they are tied with uh, Monaco. Paris Nikos is in third place with uh, 16 wins, 10 losses and a plus minus of plus 110 so far this season. Paratinakos has been a better team at home than on the road. I mean, that's usually a constant, but the difference between them and Monaco on the home and road splits is considerable. At home, Paratinakos has a record of 11 wins, 3 losses. Monaco has a record of 9 wins, 3 losses, while on the road, Monaco has a record of 7 wins and 7 losses. And Paratinakos, 5 wins and 7 losses. But we know that Paranagos had a somewhat slow start and they really raced, found themselves 
quickly and are performing as one of the best teams in the early and i see them as real real contenders to, to fight to be on the final and try to compete for the EuroLeague title Cordair, let us know who do you have in second place then Diogo give us our last two picks and Cordair, let us know after that who do you have in first so we can end this european hoops episode at the end of our power rankings and our recap of the power rankings now that we are approaching the end of the EuroLeague regular season So I almost said it previously whenever when I was talking about Monaco, but uh, I gotta agree with you, Andre, and I'm putting uh, Panathinaikos in the second position of power rankings. Uh, they already shown that they can beat uh, any top team in EuroLeague. They already beat uh, Olympi uh, Olympiakos too, but they already beat Monaco twice. Uh, one of the buzzer and one by 25 so they they're a good team and they have a lot of options and unfortunately i'm not seeing juanjo playing uh, what i expect him to what i expect him to play so uh, they can go even higher if he if he fits well and if he he can uh, prove coach Atman wrong uh, but right now this team they have a lot of options they they have a sort they have mitoglu is playing is being the most consistent uh, in this team uh, they have a guy that can that can be put on mike james in jury and grant and uh, the game that they they won by 25 he already shown us that he can do that job defending full court uh, mike james is not an easy task and he proved us that he can do so they have a lot of options uh, on the offensive side and on the defensive side and coach ataman uh, ataman already said this that they need to find that consistency when when they're playing road games because they need to match the aggressiveness that they have in Oaka uh, in uh, in the road games and I'm expecting I expecting them to 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 improve on that part at number two I have the team that I had at number two to start the season and that is Monaco uh, obviously they started the season slow they they had some injuries and they lost a lot of games that they shouldn't have lost but they've started to pick it up and the big reason for all of this is of course Mike James he's been the best player in EuroLeague this season uh, and I don't even think it's close uh, maybe Kendrick Nunn can make an argument but obviously Kendrick Nunn hasn't been here for the whole season and it's just a different their roles are very different within the, the teams that they're on Uh, but I think Mike James is by far the MVP of this season. His production has been insane. He's really playing winning basketball. And I think that's the difference that he's been having this year from the past few years is that it, it, it genuinely looks like he only wants is to win. Um, he's facilitating for everybody. He's getting on the boards. He's scoring at an insane pace. Uh, so I have Monaco as number two, mostly due to Mike James, but of course also guys like Jordan Lloyd that you guys know I'm such a big fan of and the impact that he has on this team playing next to Mike James. Um, Okobo coming off the bench, their front court, the additions that, the additions that they made with, uh, with guys like Jaite uh, having a nice role on this team too. Uh, Kemba Walker, obviously he hasn't been great as far as on-the-court production, but I honestly believe that he's been very important for that team as far as being a, a voice and a leader and with all the experience that he has. So I, I'm very high on this Monaco team and that's a lot of that, a lot of that has to do with the way Mike James has been playing. Uh, I think he, he was already one of the best players, but he, I think he's, he took it up another level. So I'm very excited to see what this Monaco team can do in the playoffs this year and making the Final Four, I think, is a realistic goal for them. And I really think they can contend for a title. Um, but for my number one team, uh, I'm pretty sure this is unanimous. I have Real Madrid, of course. 
um, I mean, they have, in my opinion, by far the the most talented roster, the the best depth, uh, probably the best starting lineup in Euroleague. Uh, I think this team is very, very good, and I gotta have them above Monaco just because of, like, like I said, the depth, the talent, the starting lineup, the the experience, like everything. They they've shown that they are the best team in the competition. Obviously, Monaco has beaten them, and it was a a pretty big win. Um, so I believe Monaco can beat Real Madrid. But when you talk about making a ranking and who you have a- as a favorite, it's got to be Real Madrid because they have, they've been together for a couple of years. Uh, Campazzo coming back now, he had been here already and he had played with some of these guys. So they have the chemistry. Uh, Coach Matteo has been a, a pleasant surprise for me ever since le- uh, the, the final stages of last season. Uh, I think he's shown to be a pretty good coach. And I think he's been doing a very good job with this team this year as well. Uh, I just don't see nobody uh, being able to be considered uh, a favorite more than Real Madrid. Um, the way they have guys to play the pick and roll, obviously Campazzo is probably the best true point guard and floor general in the competition. And then off the bench, you have Sergio Rodriguez, who is one of the greatest point guards in European history. Uh, a guy that is a, an amazing passer who can facilitate for those bigs, Walter Tavares and Vincent Poirier. And then what they have uh, with Yabusele, Ezonia, Musa, uh, Abalde, like they have so much talent. It's kind of crazy. So I got to have Real Madrid number one. Uh, I think after winning it last year, they got even better adding Campazzo. Uh, I think they are the most serious contender this season. They are expected to win. I expect them to win. Um, but looking at the other teams, I think only Monaco and Panathinaikos have a chance at beating Real Madrid, but Real Madrid should be by far the favorites. So I'm very excited for the rest of this season. I think all of a lot of these teams have a chance to be in the Final Four, but I expect Real Madrid to be that number one contender, and I expect Monaco, Panathinaikos, Fenerbahce, Barcelona, and possibly Milano to make a run and, and to try to offset Real Madrid. But Real is my number one. So it's a no-brainer for me and the team that belongs in the in the first position of power rankings. It's Real Madrid, and they're proving us uh, why. I, I don't need to speak that much because they're proving us uh, game by game. Even though that they lost, they lost against Efes, but we were we were uh, expe- I was expecting that. Uh, but this team uh, is so amazing to see because they have a lot of guys that know their roles in Yabuzele. Um, Gabriel Deck, guys that don't need the ball uh, to be effective, even Ezonia, even though that he were the MVP of the month. So they have a lot of guys that know their roles, and they have like guys like Facundo, Zafan Musa, the guys that always uh, have the ball in their hands, and they're not selfish at all. They they want to pass and they want to to promote a good basketball. So that's why I see this team uh, in in the first place. Uh, of the power rankings and the standings and what concerns me is the, is the defensive side but they shown us without uh, Walter Tavares they're a good defensive team they only need uh, Gabriel Deck or uh, Yabuzel to be in the court because those guys can defend uh, any given player and Vincent Poirier is doing great so far one of the best seasons that uh, he had so that's why uh, I'm putting this team in the first place and I believe that they will uh, be for long. I am obviously in agreement with you guys. Real Madrid is my first-ranked team in my power rankings. They have been absolutely dominant. 
They have 22 wins, 4 losses at home. They are perfect with 13 wins and no losses. They have an impressive plus-minus of plus 225. You need to sum first and second uh, plus-minuses. And even though they are just 2 points above Real Madrid by themselves, they are a great team on both sides of the court. And I guess I can just repeat what I said on the preseason poor rankings. They are the defending champions. You added the perfect piece in Facundo Campazzo. And they are just a hell of a basketball team that will be very hard to beat. But we know that history tells us that uh, things don't go like that in the League, And they will certainly have some competition once we reach the decisive stages of the, the League this season. And just to finalize our overall power rankings, our combined power rankings. We have in the bottom 9, we have an 18, Asvel, 17, Alba, 16, Red Star, 15, Jalgiris, 14, Valencia, 13, Bayern, 12, Basconia, 11, FS, 10, Milano, 9, Virtus, 8, Maccabi, 7, Partizan, 6, Olympiacos, 5, Fenerbahce, 4th, Barcelona, 3rd, Monaco, 2nd, Paratinaikos and first Real Madrid. These are our combined power rankings. This takes us to the end of this power ranking episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Twitter at Titus Euroleague and share the podcast with your friends so we can continue to grow our audience and we can continue to bring you our European Hoops podcast for all of you guys. As always, I'll be talking with you guys soon. See you guys. Hope you liked it and stay tuned for more. Bye guys. See you on next episode.